You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Jam preaches a sermon to Jeroboam's troops, and he does seem to have knowledge of the Lord, but the real problem is there's no personal relationship, and I see this as a mega problem today. I see this in people who call themselves Christian. They may know who the Lord is. They may know who Jesus Christ is. They may do good works, but there is no ongoing relationship with Jesus. They don't have that ongoing relationship. Why? Because the relationship is superficial. All too often, people claim to be a Christian and do some of the appropriate things of a believer in order to win favor. Today, Pastor Dave will challenge you to evaluate if your relationship with the Lord is superficial or genuine. It's crucial to know the Lord and have true faith. Then your life will be blessed by God's presence. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 15 as he begins his message, The Parade of Kings. You are So as I was studying for this, I came across this paragraph that basically describes what we are about to read. And I want to share that with you. Quote, were it not for the overruling sovereign hand of God, the Jewish nation could have never accomplished what God had called them to do, which was bearing witness of the one true and living God, writing the scriptures, and bringing the Savior into the world. So you want to, the overview is the sovereign hand of God dealing with these individuals who are now going to rule the whole nation Israel, but it is in two parts. The overruling sovereign hand of God. After I read this, and after I read through these passages, the thought came to my mind that, We've said this before that nothing or no one can thwart the plan of God. If God says it, it will come true. If God promises it, it either has come true or will come to pass. And nothing, man, Satan, the flesh, the world, nothing will thwart God's plan. And that goes for your lives too. That goes for your lives too. We all have these promises from God. We all have these things that we think God is doing in our lives. And we need to glean from these promises. And we need to be steadfast and immovable in our faith. Knowing that if God promised it, it will come to pass. So as we come to this part of 1 Kings, we come to a historical section. This is an historical section. The Bible is made up of many different things. And one of them, the Bible is a history book. And we can read and glean from it the historical things. As we come here, remember, there are now two kingdoms in the nation. There are two kingdoms in the nation. The nation to the north is Israel. 
and the nation to the south is Judah. In the north, there are 10 tribes which make up that nation. In the south, there are only two, and one is encompassed by the other. You have Judah and Benjamin inside. So that are the nations that we're talking about. The leaders of both kingdoms have departed from their serving the Lord and have begun to worship idols. And they are leading the people astray and they are leading the people far from their God. And that's the whole backdrop of what we're reading. In the 345 years from Rehoboam to Zedekiah, only eight of the 19 kings who reigned in Judah were classified as good. As for those in the kingdom of Israel, of the 20 kings encompassing that area, every one of them was self-seeking and was not considered good. Every one of them did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, there were a few that were better than most, yes, but none could hold a candle to David. David becomes the standard for a man or a woman whose heart is towards God. David becomes the standard that all other kings are now judged by. He is the standard here. So as we study these kings in chapters 15 and 16, we must remember that the book of Kings and Chronicles do not record this part of the nation's history from the same perspective. So if you read First and Second Kings and then get into First and Second Chronicles, there's a lot of information there that is different because they're coming from different perspectives. Doesn't mean that there is any trouble or difficulty or contradictions. It just means that they're coming at it from a different perspective and you need one to help the other. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about First and Second Chronicles because we're going to get there. And at that time, we will talk about it. But you have to look at them both. If you look at the focus of First and Second Kings, it's on the kings of Israel, which is where we are today. If you look at First and Second Chronicles, the emphasis is on David's dynasty in Judah. The record keeping is different, and it can get a little fuzzy. Some of the historical facts are slightly different on some accounts. It's also worth noting, and this is a great note, the northern kingdom dropped the name Israel, and does anybody know what it was called? Samaria. The northern kingdom, those ten tribes, dropped the name of Israel, and they're eventually known as Samaria. Remember, Jesus with the who? Samaritan woman. Remember what they thought about the Samaritans? They hated the Samaritans. They thought they were half-breeds. All this is taking place now. So you get a very historical perspective of what is happening. The true Jew from Judah hated the Samaritans. Hated them. So as we begin, we immediately notice in chapter 15, verses 1 through 24, that David's dynasty continues through a man or two men, one by the name of Abijam and Asa. So let's read about Abijam in chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. In the 18th year of King Jehoram, 
the son of Nabat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Makkah, and the, grand, the granddaughter of Abishalom. Notice the last name, her name, Abishalom. Shalom meaning peace. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done, bef- which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by setting up his son after him and by establishing Jerusalem, because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life except for the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. So Abijam rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa, his son, reigned in his place. So Abijam is the son of Rehoboam, who is the son of well, he's the son of Rehoboam, who is Solomon's grandson, which makes him David's great-grandson. All right, you follow me? He reigned for three years. According to verse 31 in chapter 14, he was handpicked by his father Solomon to be king. Now, he may have had David's blood running through his veins, but he did not have David's heart. He did not have David's heart. He did not have a relationship with the Lord, and you look at verse 3, and he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord, as was his father, heart of the father David. See, again, the standard for good king, bad king, where's your heart? Standard for good king, bad king was David. Standard, that was the standard here. However, in Second Chronicles 13, this... Abijam preaches a sermon to Jeroboam's troops, and he does seem to have knowledge of the Lord, but the real problem is there's no personal relationship. And I see this as a mega problem today. I see this in people who call themselves Christian. They may know who the Lord is. They may know who Jesus Christ is. They may do good works, but there is no ongoing relationship with Jesus. They don't have that ongoing relationship. Why? Because the relationship is superficial. Oh, it looks great from the outside. Looks wonderful from the outside. And you can fool everybody that you're a Christian. Looks absolutely wonderful. But when you get right down to the heart of the matter, which is the heart, thank you, there's nothing there. There's no relationship. There's no relationship with God. And this is where Abijam is. And because of this, he reigned a whopping three years. He was king for three years, but for the sake of his grandfather David, the Lord gave him a lamp in Jerusalem, allowing Abijam's son to reign after them. Why? Notice, who was the one that it was for? It was for David's sake. It was for David's sake. Why? It was the Davidic covenant. God and David had this covenant together where God was going to make David great and, and, and everybody would know. And God was going to give David a dynasty that was going to last forever. And from that dynasty was going to come the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So what does that tell you? God is true to his word. God is true to his word. He could have just wiped out that entire line and said, you know what? I'm starting over. 
But God is true to his word, and I see that right here. He had a light, and I love that. He, he had a lamp. I, I, I looked at it, I studied that hard, and I prayed about this lamp. He had a lamp in Jerusalem. A lamp. We know that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We know that. And the lamp that would soon come was none other than the light of the world, Jesus Christ. From David's seed would come the Messiah, the lamp unto Jerusalem. I, I like that. So this Abijam died, and his son Asa now reigns in his place. Let's read the next game. That's why we call it a parade of kings. Number nine, verse nine. In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Asa became king over Judah, and he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. His grandmother's name was Micah, and the granddaughter of Abishalon. Notice it's the same ones. Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his father David. Well, looky here. And he banished the perverted persons from the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. He also removed Micah, his grandmother, from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. And Asa cut down her obscene image and burned it by the book Kidron. But, uh-oh, the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was loyal to the Lord all his days. He also brought into the house of the Lord the things which his father had dedicated and the things which he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and utensils. Now there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. And Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. And then Asa took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabrinimum, the son of Hezoi, Hezion, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. Come and break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of the armies against the cities of Israel. He attacked Eon, Dan, Abel, Beth, Makkah, and all Chimaroth with the land of Natali. Now it happened when Basha heard it, he stopped building Ramah and remained in Tirzah. Then King Asa made a proclamation throughout all Judah. None was exemplified. And they took away the stones and timber of Ramah, and which Bashaw had used for building. And with them, King Asa built Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah. The rest of the acts of Asa, all his might, all that he did, and the cities which are built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet. So Asa rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Then Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. So we come to Asa, and he begins with a heart just like David. He reigns for 41 years. He does what is right in the sight of the Lord. He banishes all the perverted people. He gets rid of all the prostitutes and all the, all the ones who are, who, are, who are perverted in the nation. He removes the idols. He even throws his grandmother out because she was making idols. He even got rid of Grandmama. He's making great reforms. He's taking care of things. He's taking care of business. And then we come to those beautiful words. What, what, what is it? In verse 14. But 
Change his direction. Change his direction. He compromised, and he didn't remove the high places. Again, 2 Chronicles 14.3 says Asa did remove the high places, but he mentions that the high places in connection with the altars of foreign gods. He removed the high places of the foreign gods, but not the high places that were built to the Lord. Where were they supposed to worship? Jerusalem. Remember the argument that the the woman at the well wanted wanted to have with Jesus? She started talking about worship. You people say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, but our people worship on that high mountain on there. That high mountain, that's a high place. That's a high place. They were forbidden to have high places of worship. And they built these altars and things up high, and they went up there and they worshiped when the Lord strictly commanded all Jews to worship in Jerusalem at the temple. That's where they were. Remember Jeroboam? Made golden calf and put it in Dan, golden calf and put it in Bethel, and had all the people worshiping there, built the high places and all. This was totally against the Lord. But Asia removed the high places that were dedicated to idols, not the high places that were dedicated to the Lord. But he also gets that nevertheless, his heart remained loyal to the Lord. Here's one of the good guys who hung in there, even though he compromised a little bit, even though he was having some bit of a problem, a la David, a la David with Bathsheba and Uriah, numbering the people. David had some mess-ups. Come on, you remember He was always at war with this guy named Bashar, who we're going to study here in a little bit. He's going to be king of Israel. Asa reigned 41 41 years. And when you get to 1 and 2 Chronicles, we'll read much more. Now, as we now turn a corner, the rest of chapter 15 and the rest of chapter 16 deals specifically with the kings in Israel, the northern territory, Israel, or the northern kingdom. Let's read 25 through 30, 32. A new king now comes on parade. His name is Nadad. Verse 25. Now Nadad, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel. Remember, that's the northern district. In the second year of Asa, king of Judah. And he reigned Israel two years. <laughs> Why? He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and his sin by which he had made Israel sin. Then Basa, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Ishkar, conspired against him. And Basha killed him at Gibeathon, which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all of Israel laid siege to Gibeathon. Basha killed him in the third year of Asha, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. And so it was, when he became king, that he killed all the house of Jeroboam, and did not leave to Jeroboam anyone that breathed, until he had destroyed him, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken to his servant Ahijah, the Shilonite, because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he had sinned, and by which he had made Israel sin, because of his provocation, with which he had provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, are they not written in the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. So this, this Nadab doesn't get a lot of time. He gets a little bit of press. He's Jeroboam's son. He reigns for two years, and he's as evil as dad. He learned a lot from his father because he was just as evil, if not worse. In 2 Chronicles eleven fourteen tells us that both Jeroboam and his sons 
were responsible for driving the priests out of the land of Israel. In other words, they got rid of all the true priests, which would be what? The Levites. They got rid of all the Levites out of the land of Israel. Why? Who remembers what they did? Who remembers what Jeroboam did? He became a priest. He set up his own priesthood. Remember? He set up his own priest up. He, he said, oh, you're a priest. You're a priest. You're a priest. Oh, yeah, and you're a priest. He, and oh, by the way, I'm a priest too. Yeah, he was going against God's word. He was doing all these crazy things. So you know, the, he was responsible for driving them out of the land. So Nadab was sharing directly in dad's sins. He was sharing directly in his sin. And then he's killed by Basha. Hence, the dynasty of Jeroboam is gone. The dynasty of Jeroboam is gone. And, you know, in 1 Kings 11, when God told Jeroboam through the prophet that he was going to make him king of the northern district, that God was going to rip Israel apart. He was going to rip it from the hands of Solomon or Solomon's sons, and he's going to make Jeroboam king. He made a lot of promises to Jeroboam. If you would walk in my ways, if you would obey my commandments, if you do these things, what God was saying there, you can have a lengthy dynasty. Things could have been good for you. It was my plan to rip the nation apart because of the sins of Solomon. It was my plan. I'm using you to follow my plan. If you would just do the things that you're supposed to do. Jeroboam did not. He sinned greatly against the Lord. He sinned greatly. And his son only reigned for two years before he was assassinated. And then they killed all of the descendants of Jeroboam. And this is what happens in monarchies. This is what happened in monarchies. Remember when David became king after Saul had died. Or, or right before Saul died. One of, the, one of the times when they were in the, um, in the cave and David cut off the hem of his robe. Remember? And, and Saul left. And he yells out to Saul, Saul, look, I could have killed you. I could have killed you, but I did not. And Saul turned around and he realized that David was going to be the king. And he said, when you become king, please don't hurt my descendants. Because that was the thing they did. If I, if, if, if I became king, I want to make sure that the previous king's descendants weren't going to challenge my throne. So the only way I could do that was to get rid of them. So he killed them. And that's what Basha is doing to Jeroboam's kids. His whole family. He's wiping them out. It's a wild time, man. This is crazy. This is, this is crazy. So Basha, following God's command, and then this is what happens to him. 33 and 15. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah, Basha, the king of Ahijah, became king over Israel in Tirzah. He became king over Israel in Tirzah, and he reigned 24 years. Here we go. Verse 34 could be a rubber stamp. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam. You are You've been learning from the book of 1 Kings with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. Have you ever found yourself in a place like King Solomon where the temptations of the world really had a grip on you? With all the gimmicks of the world, it's not surprising. It's also not surprising that you're not the only one. Many struggle with the temptation of letting worldly things lead them rather than let the things of the Lord lead. But there is hope. 
Just as Solomon came to recognize that all his women, wealth, and wisdom wasn't what really mattered, you too can learn that things of the world are deceiving. So rather than put your hope and faith in the things that pass away, put your hope and faith in the one who's everlasting. God is constant, he is faithful, and he will never pass away. If you missed any part of today's teachings or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you are listening, you realize that you have some questions about faith and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. You can also click on the Jesus tab at AssureHopeRadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how He can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's Word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on A Sure Hope.